on, folks? It's your guy, Tommy Gahan here for America's Sports Show, Ice Cold Sports. Uh, beautiful day here in paradise. It is raining. Uh, what else was I expecting when I moved to Florida? Um, first day classes for me later on today, but let's get on to some topics for the good people out there. Preseason, week two. Uh, Finally, we're, we're, we're inching closer and closer to football being like real meaningful games. It's happening. It's coming closer. Uh, interesting storylines throughout. Start off with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, not so great in the 49ers game this weekend. But you know who was pretty great? It was Trey Lance. Trey Lance looked sharp. Uh, there was a few interceptions thrown by both those guys, but a lot of them were tipped. It was some bad, you know, just turnover luck, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but Garoppolo is on the hot seat. I think he might be done. I think he, he I think um, it might be Trey Lance starting the first game. And Kyle uh, Shanahan came out and said, well, I don't know who's starting the first game. I'm not ready to make a decision. Which is bad, considering Trey Lance has taken so few snaps as a college quarterback, and you're going to lose your quarterback, you're going to lose your starting job to him immediately, immediately. Not good stuff. Pretty bad. Uh, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears took on the Bills, and uh, the game sped up for for uh, for Fields a little bit. Got leveled at one point. Somewhat flew off. Thankfully, he was okay. Uh, yeah, he played okay. If you actually watched the game, statistically didn't look as great. Um, but he moved the offense along. You can't complain too much about that. At the same time, Mitch Trubisky and kind of what was his revenge game kind of thing, coming back to Chicago after all the strife and everything else that happened last season, just lit up the Bears. He looked great. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if going, like, after his time as in Buffalo, if maybe a team decides, you know, that they think that, you know, there's a cheap alternative option bring him to be a starter. And I think a few different teams may try that. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver does. That would make sense for them, I think, if they brought in the right offensive coordinator to move along the offense. But Brian Dable is the guy who is the offensive coordinator of Buffalo, and it's, he, he looked great under that offense. It made Matt Nagy look really bad. Also, breaking news right now, uh, Justin Fields will not start week one for the Bears. It'll be Andy Dalton. Uh, not very happy at all about that. Hopefully it's a very short-term kind of thing. Because if you watch the, these games at all, Fields has just been, he's been able to guide the offense, move them along, compared to Dalton where it's been very stagnant. So we'll see. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles first half. Dalton does. Maybe, maybe you might even see Fields in the second half of that game. I don't know. The, the yelling and the screaming is going to get louder and louder to bring him in. So, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, Zach Wilson. He's been sharp. And that was included this weekend. He looked sharp again. Uh, a lot of people are very excited. Very excited. For him in, in New York, which is crazy. Now, at the same time, I feel like we were saying the same things about Sam Darnold at some point. And then that didn't work out at the same. But also, Robert Sala is a completely different animal compared to 
Adam Gase or Todd Bowles, although I, I think Todd Bowles is underrated personally. Uh, will Wilson be that guy? I don't know. He's so athletic and so gifted that you got to believe that he has a good shot at it. And the fact that we're talking so positively about so many of these quarterbacks uh, really is very, it, it shows good things for the future of the league. And I hopefully this carries out, it, these quarterbacks are able to stay uh, elite at this level. We'll, we'll find it, we'll be elite at this level. We'll find out very soon. Uh, Dak and Wentz are both kind of in the injury tent. They're kind of both trying to figure out where they're going to be uh, injury-wise. Uh, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, they're, he's, like we said last week, he's not playing the preseason, uh, but things have been looking up for him. He's recovering from that ankle and that terrible ankle injury from last season, and he has a shoulder sprain now. But apparently he's been progressing well, though you don't know how much is fake news and how much is the, 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 the Cowboys actually telling you the truth here. They don't want to let in the, the opponents know, in on, you know, uh, the struggles of Dak Prescott. Uh, the lighting's all messed up. What's going on? I don't know. Whatever. I'm two-faced today. Uh, he, he, maybe, we don't know. They don't really have a backup that can conceivably really play well. Ben DiNucci's not that guy. They may have to bring someone in if Dak gets hurt again. Maybe that's Nick Foles. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully, for their sake, Dak is ready and he's able to stay healthy all season. We'll find out. And then for Carson Wentz, he is right now suffering with a uh, broken bone in his foot. Uh, he had surgery a few weeks ago, and the timetable was kind of all over the place for him as well. Uh, I think basically what Frank Reich said was, you know, in a perfect world, you know, he has time to value to be able to play in the last preseason game or you know in the other perfect world he's able to be ready for week one but if for all we know it could be two or three weeks before he's ready so very uh, obscure kind of things going on there they apparently don't really want to go with someone else they there's been talks to sam ellinger and guys like that potentially filling in for him if he can't play they don't really want that they want him to be that guy they want to have him have the confidence that hey it's your team. You're the quarterback. You're going to be uh, the guy for us. You're the franchise guy. We want you to be the franchise guy. We don't want other people uh, coming in and, and we don't want someone else. You're not a way station. You are the destination. We'll see if that happens. Frank Reich worked so well with him back in 2017, as you might remember. That was the year he almost won the MVP. Then he got injured. Uh, so hopefully he comes back soon from that injury. It'll be interesting how they handle that situation in Indianapolis. Then finally last night we kind of had uh, a couple different interesting storylines going on in the Monday night football game, Jaguars-Saints. Uh, Jags did not look, and Trevor Lawrence did not look hot once again. Not great. Offensive weaponry obviously is very uh, kind of at the bottom level. People are worried about exactly how proficient Urban Meyer's offense is going to be. Uh, my friend Zach Lyons, who's been on the show many times before, made the point that maybe they have, aren't throwing everything out there right away, but it could, but it, it, I don't know. 
I was saying to him that if I learned anything from the best coaches in college, and he was one of the best coaches in college, and he did this, is that you adapt to the circumstances given to you and how the times change. There are a lot of coaches who don't like to adapt their offenses or the way they play uh, because it's not their style. It's not the way they like to do things. And those are the guys who maybe have some success for a while, but then they don't stick around long term. The guys who stick around long term and make things happen long term are the people who can adapt, be flexible. And that's the one Urban Meyer was able to do. He moved around offenses. He brought in the spread. He was able to make the, 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 the his offenses vary between some very different quarterbacks, people like Tebow and others, you know, Haskins, Barrett, whatever. You had a lot of different quarterback talents going on there. Alex Smith. Um, a lot of skill sets, and we were able to bring that out. I think next season could be kind of the telling point for him. And then, on the other side, the Saints, quarterback competition might be coming to a close it didn't, was not a great night for Taysom Hill, but it was a real good night for Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. And people are asking, well, is it kind of over? Is the is the Taysom Hill experiment donezo? Are we ready to just say, Jameis is the guy, Jameis is going to be doing it, Jameis uh, is going to be the starter, and i got to say, yeah. I understand last time he, had, he was a starter for a full season. It didn't work out great. And, well, I mean, 30 and 30, of course, the, you know, one of the greatest feats of all time, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns. Uh, on the other side of things, we also heard from Sean Payton how uh, Taysom Hill could be a quarterback of the future. It doesn't look like that. It just doesn't. He doesn't have that. Off, that I've said this before. Despite the fact that the quarterback position is changing, there is still a lot of traditional things. You need to be a proficient long-term NFL quarterback, and that includes being able to put the ball, put the ball accurately downfield, or give it to your guys downfield, while also being able to be mobile. Um, and that's why I think some quarterbacks, you know, need that are someone like Lamar Jackson, who I think is very good. He's able to cover up some of his arm deficiencies with how good he is with his feet. But I worry long term about him uh, on the NFL level if he gets as injuries or you know, things like that, if you can't put the ball downfield. Uh, not the point. My point is, Jameis, I think, is going to be the guy. He is going to make things, he's going to, he's going to make things happen for the Saints. Uh, I think you can will the playoffs with Jameis. We'll see how he developed. He got the LASIK eye surgery after he left Tampa, so who knows? Could be It could be Jameis' time to shine, although he's already won a Heisman, so he shined before. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Little League Sportsmanship, you know, whatever. If you were watching uh, Little League World Series, kid hits an absolute piss missile, gone, baby, gone, see ya, uh, a billion feet. And of course, as you know, like, they always push for these weird sportsmanship things during the, uh, Blue League World Series, and you know, around the bases, the kids were slapping five with the guy, and then, but then, what caught people's attention was the pitcher who gave up the massive dinger walks out to the third baseline and 
gives them a high five. And people have been steaming about this. Very angry. Not happy at all. They say this is just terrible. What's happened to sports in this country? And yada, yada, yada. On one hand, I can understand that. I mean, you want to play well. You want to win. Uh, this concept that people aren't trying to... The, the, the idea of people not trying to win in sports, that's what sports are all about, winning. Uh, obviously, there's more, you know, it's giving your all is a big part of it. And there are other things to sports, but it, when you're playing in a competition, you're trying to win, especially when it's something where, you know, it is a competitive game. Uh, so there is, winning is, is very important. On the other hand, I do think of sports as something that is, builds character and makes it does good things for people in that sense. Makes them bigger, uh, makes men into bigger men, if that makes sense. Uh, and I think this kid, it'd be one thing if this kid was like really like excited about the home run. But I don't know, something about being like the bigger man and be like, yeah, you got me. Good job. I, I can't complain. I can't get angry about, at you. Nice job. High five. He didn't look like he was, like, ecstatic to do it. He just was, you know, you know high five. So, I can, I, I, you know what? I kind of taken the opposite perspective from a lot of people. I don't hate it. Uh, he, it, it's, it's, being the bigger man, I think, sometimes is important in sports. Uh, I understand sportsmanship is sometimes kind of a, a, a BS thing, but I think in a lot of ways, this kid can kind of, you know, show good, good sportsmanship in, a, in an important way. A little, a little for the kids right there. A little uh, talkier for the kids watching. Uh, if you're someone like me, when we were younger, uh, you collected baseball cards. I collected thousands of baseball cards back at home. Now with all this like this rush of like cards and like high-selling cards and all this stuff, I'm going to have to go home and check my my baseball cards, I think, to see what I got. Because I'm going to have something that's worth like 50 bucks, right? Somewhere. I have a Joey Votto rookie card, which I don't think is worth anything. But I think it should be worth something because Joey Votto is going to be a Hall of Famer. Just saying. But I could have, like, some card I don't even know about in there that, like, is great or make me a little bit of money. Not a ton of money. Not, like, $10,000 or something. But, like, 50 bucks. I don't know. I'll look. Um, and with this going on, uh, Fanatics is officially becoming the official baseball card of Major League Baseball, and they're ripping that away from Topps, uh, which has been the brand that has been Major League Baseball's baseball card brand for 70 years. 70 years. Long time. And it's sad. But Axe is just a huge corporation now. And it makes sense. Massive, massive company. So it, it, it makes sense that they could afford this and they can, you know, get over on Tops. Uh, and then Tops was about to get bought. And this just rips that all out, destroys that. It, it really sucks because, in, you know, in one sense, I hope Fanatics buys Tops. I think that's probably where this naturally goes. But if they don't, and it's just Fanatics, Fanatics baseball cards, I don't know. It feels wrong. It feels like that's kind of something. Rob Manfred trying to cheapen the game in some way a little bit because we all love Tops. Tops is a iconic brand in baseball, so 
I don't know. I don't love it. I don't like it at all. Uh, hopefully. Uh, then, last night, Chicago Cubs snapped their 13-game home losing streak. Raphael Ortega, two-run Yabo, bottom of the ninth, to break the tie. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Uh, felt good. You know, this Cubs team is not good. 17 games under 500. Uh, but it feels nice having this kind of win finally breaking through right there. There's some interesting uh, young players coming up with the Cubs. We brought them some guys in our farm system. It, you know, these are the moments as a fan where you have to appreciate the little things. And I'm appreciating this. Good on you, Rafael Ortega. Uh, finally, on a very sad note, uh, former hockey player Jimmy Hayes passed away uh, the other day. 31 at the time. Uh, former Blackhawk. Uh, became, uh, he, he went to college at Boston College. Very sad situation for uh, him. Prayers up to his family uh, and to him. Uh, sad way to end the show, but I think it's important to say R.I.P. Uh, I've heard only great things about him. I didn't know him, obviously, but he was. I've heard great things, so I felt it was very appropriate uh, to mention this, just because it's in the world of sports. It's a, it's a it seems like a loss that uh, could be mentioned. So, R.I.P. Honestly. Well, folks, that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, later on this week, we're going to have our Week Zero preview. Pretty exciting stuff. And then next week is going to be our college football preview overall. Two parts. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming on for that. Some really interesting little curveballs, little different stuff. You're going to like it. I think you're going to like it at least. All right, that's about wraps it up, folks. I'm Tom again, and this has been Ice Cold Sports. See you guys.